Jesus, we do lift you up. We lift you up this morning. We, we actually long for you, God. We ache for you. And I pray, God, that that worship just ushered in your presence because we invite you here. We welcome you here. We know that you are the reason we gather every Sunday. You are the reason that we talk about what we talk about, why we sing what we sing, God. And I pray for all of us that when we are at our low points that we will remember that you are the way maker. Not that you will provide exactly what we're praying for, but you provide a way for us to get through it. You are with us, you give us strength, you give us guidance, you give us hope, you give us comfort. So thank you God for being the way maker, the promise keeper. You do keep your promises. Help us to believe that, to know that, to trust that. I pray, Jesus, that you will anoint this message now as we look at um, the power of the tongue again, Lord, and um, that you will speak to us each individually just how we need to hear it. In your name I pray, amen. Well, glad you guys are here this morning. That was such a sweet uh, time of worship that I'm sure some of you could go right to sleep now. Because it's just, it's just, it was beautiful. But you guys got to wake up now. You got to, you got to have a little bit of energy to engage with me just for a little bit. So um, we are in a series. Does anybody know what we're in right now? The power of the tongue. Who said it? Peter, you don't count. (laughs) Dorian, did you know? Aww. Okay, well, it's not, it's not a long series. We'll probably wrap it up in a week or two, maybe two or three. Um, but it's on the power of our words. And wh- whoever was here last Sunday, you maybe remember Julie talked about how we often will say we're fine when we're not and how we're using our words to basically lie. Um, it was really good. And so today, we are going to talk about gossip. Now, if none of you have any problem with gossip, you are free to get up and leave now if you want. You're all good. Um, what, what is gossip? What is it? Talking about other people behind their back. So usually they're not present. Oh, maybe always. They're not present, right? So um, is, it, is it always true? No, so it's quite often made up, or it's rumors, and you know that telephone thing, the game of the telephone where you have to whisper, it gets down the line and it's completely not what it started. So rumors have this way of, you know, and your ear picks up this little rumor, and then you tell someone else sort of what you heard, but that's gossip. It's, it's not really true, it's something you kind of heard, or maybe you saw something and you assumed it's true and then you told that, or. So it's just this really ugly, um, destructive way that we talk about other people. Um, and sometimes, sometimes it is true. Sometimes we do know something about someone, or maybe they've shared something with us really personal, and then we share that. Um, now, why do we do that? Why do we gossip? Maybe 
let's say I really like this person, but I have no way of speaking to them. There's no way I can really go up to her. I might say, hey, man, her shoes look funny today. Don't you agree? And, you know, That's exactly if I right. Get back to her, hey, why did you say my shoes look funny? I'd be like, um, I don't even know, but I was praying that you react. To yeah, that. So yeah. Now, but really, your shoes are pretty fly. Them jigs right. are good on the red bottoms. Right. As a matter of fact, you look great. You turn that whole thing around. So, yes, yeah, so sometimes it's maybe it helps us feel a part of the group. Yeah. Or um, what were you going to say? I was just going to give another example of why people might talk. Yeah. I didn't want to take anything away from No, no, no. Let's hear it. Um, maybe to make myself feel better or less worse. Um, exactly. Yeah. You can point out somebody else's crap. You feel better about yourself. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So put yourself in a position of Yep. I sorry, Dorian. Sorry. Never put yourself down also look up to God for the answer. Yep, that's true. Um so so um I think sometimes it, it makes us feel special too when we know something that you don't know and I'm gonna share this with you and somehow it makes us feel a little bit important or and you know what's so sad? And I don't, I don't know if we do this in this church. To be 100% honest with you, I don't hear this in this church. But there are churches that do this. Um, I grew up in one uh, where there's usually a busybody in the church that will always say, you, so that you can pray for her. And she just tells you all her crap. And you're just like, what a crock. So I can pray for her. So you can tell me all the things you think you know. Maybe it would help if we could identify why we gossip before we do it. You know, like um, just before, right when you're tempted to, to gossip about this person, ask yourself, why, why am I doing this right now? Like you, just be bold and go up to her and say, hey, how are you? Right. <laughs> you know, but ask yourself, why do I do this? One thing I think about, too, with, with gossip is, you know, why are we willing to do all these things? Why are we willing, as the listener, not the talebearer, not the gossiper, but the listener who's a participant, why are we willing to be the garbage receptacle for all the trash talk, you know? Sure, just give me all this crap about people. I'll receive it. I'll take it all in. Why do we do that? We, we play a part of it in it when we do that. And maybe we're just sinners. Maybe that's the bottom line, because we're just sinners. Um, it might help if you think about gossip like a knife. Vivian kind of gave me this this week. It was good. Um, every time you gossip, you're hurting someone. And, you know, maybe it's just a little plastic table knife. You know, maybe it's kind of some little comment you made to someone. It's not a big deal. It's not really, I mean, geez, and it's true, so what does it hurt? Or maybe it's a table knife, a dinner table knife, and it, it wasn't really true, and you knew you kind of shouldn't have said it, you know? Or maybe it's a steak knife, maybe it's a butcher knife. <laughs> but you know what? It hurts all the same. It can kill, it can maim. Gossip can really hurt. And the Bible has some things to say about about the way we talk about people, about gossip, that I want us to look at. The first one is Proverbs 18.8, and I have two translations I want to read just because I like them both so much. I think the first one's ESV, isn't it? No, the first one's NLT, right? 
Um, and it says, rumors are dainty morsels. Do you not love that? I just, it's just such a beautiful picture. It's like this dainty little morsel you just want to, mm, that sink deep into one's heart. That sink deep into one's heart. Okay, and then the next is ESV. And it says, the words of a whisperer. And I love that too because it's just like a gossiper. You know, you're just whisper, and you tell everybody did you hear and did you know and he's gay and did you know they slept together and did you know that child's not his and blah 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 and um, so the words of a whisper are like delicious morsels they go down into the inner parts of the body so what do you guys think that means that it sinks deep into one's heart what does that mean to you Sal, so, yeah. so what do you think? Well, why I understand that it stays in one's thoughts for a long time. That's good. That's good. That's good. Any, you can go. Doesn't it say that out of the abundance of one's heart, um, the person speaks? And you know, I suppose if I hear a rumor about someone, um, it stays with me, like the gentleman said, in my thoughts, and then that's my perspective of the person when I see them. That's it. That's it. You guys got it. That's exactly it. Proverbs is so wise. I just love Proverbs. Um, so it's just, it's not just a word of warning to the, to the talebearer, to the gossiper. It's a word of warning to the listener. Why? Because when you hear something, it, you receive negative information about someone. And the words go down into us or you know deep into your mind or deep into your heart and change or affect quite often the way you now see that person you know you see them now in a little bit of a negative light or you believe that bad thing about it and it's changed how you feel about them and it might not even be true the thing you heard our view of someone can be forever altered because of one thing someone shared with you that may or may not be true. We have to stop listening. We have to stand up for other people when someone is trash-talking someone. But you know what? The juicy information, let's admit it, is sometimes almost impossible to resist, is it not? For those of us who actually know better, we start listening to something instead of saying, you know what, I don't, no, we're like, tell me more, tell me. We mean, don't say tell me more, we're thinking, oh, tell me more, tell me more, because we just want to hear it. Is that not true? Have you ever been on the receiving end of someone's gossip? Because I have. And it hurts so much. I have told um, several stories about um, when we first moved here. So Craig and I moved here 11 years ago to start a church. Um, and I, I don't know if you, know, you guys 
come and go, so maybe you've not heard some of these stories. I hate to repeat stories, but you know, I only have a few good stories, so I have to draw from those. <laughs> but um, actually, this, uh, this is um, about 11 years ago, 12 years ago, and my husband and I moved here from a huge church in Michigan to plant a church, Communitas, and we had 40 people that wanted to go with us to move here and start this church. Half of them couldn't sell their homes or they couldn't get jobs here, so we came with about 20 people. Most of them were young women. Um, a couple of them were women who were close friends of mine um, in Michigan, and um, we, we were in close relationship, and they were willing to follow me to New York City to plant a church. They were willing to sell their homes and give up their jobs and leave their family to come here to follow me to, to do this thing. Ultimately, they were following Jesus, but I was kind of leading this thing, so they followed. And when we got here, um, obviously I won't go into details or we'd be here till tomorrow, but I didn't do what they thought I should do. I wasn't the best friend or the mother or the whatever they wanted from me. Now, I was, at that point, I had gone through um, a lot of stuff to be affirmed that I was indeed called by God to do this. I knew I was called by God. It was very clear to me that God had called me to move here to start a church and that he had equipped me. Someone once said that God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. So he called me and he gave me what I needed. And I did have the spiritual gifts for this, but I had to go through a weekend away to do this assessment and all of this other stuff and so that the church would support us. And so my whole community said, yes, you have the spiritual gift of leadership and shepherding and you should go start a church. So I get here and these women weren't happy with me. So they start gossiping about me, gossiping. And they're in a small group and people from their small group are coming and saying, you know, they're saying this, and um, so we would talk with them about it, and you know, they would say, oh, I never said that, and there was a young woman that I had, um, she actually lived in my building, and I had given her hours, I'm talking more hours with her than with my kids, like I had given this, she's probably about 25, 26 hours of my time, had loved her, had poured into her, and one time, Something went wrong. I couldn't, be the, I couldn't be there when she needed me to be. And she joined forces with these other two women. And they started talking about it. Talking about it. And then when I confronted her on it, she said to me, well, in, in more conversations, she said, well, they had said about you one, one time. We were at a party and they were talking and they just said, well, she's just not a leader. She's just not a leader. She's not a good leader. Now to you, maybe that's no big deal. I'm sure some of you have been through a lot worse. But for me, it was a dagger in my heart, a dagger, because I had risked so much and given up so much, and I was a woman. That's a bad thing to be when you're a pastor. Don't do it. It's just, it's just super hard. If you're not a male, it's super hard. So I had moved here. I had gone through a lot to get here. Uh, I had to fight for what God, I felt God was gifting me with and calling me to, and now I have these two women saying, oh, she's just not a leader. She's not a leader to this young, impressionable woman. And you know, in my head, I knew I was a leader. I had gone through everything, I knew I was, but not in my heart now. Now I doubted. Now my heart was hurt. And it took me years, 
to believe again that God had indeed called me, that I was equipped, that he did want me to keep doing this. And he sent Julie into my life to speak truth and love and healing. And you, you, are, you are, look, this is who you are. This, you know, God used her a lot at that time. That's what gossip can do. It can cut like a knife. It can really do damage. Proverbs 16, 28 says, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a, separa- a, go- a gossip separates close friends. It separates, it divides. It's not kingdom-minded. It's so carnal-minded. Think of the damage that can be done when you gossip. I look at my life and I, and I see it. Um, I, I have mentioned this story as well, um, that Craig's sister married my brother. We are not a twisted family. I know right away people think, wait, what, you, what? My brother and Craig's sister married a year before we married. And <clears throat> there has been um, a, a problem in our relationship. It happened about five years ago where they accused our family of something and they won't speak to us. And they're also in ministry. And um, we have begged to talk, we've begged to, to reconcile, we've begged for a mediator, we've, uh, our parents have begged them, other family members have talked to them, and they believe that this is true, and there's just no other way to get around it, even though Jesus says, no, you, you talk, you reconcile, you forgive. Anyway, so that's the way it is. And out of... The five of us, my husband and my three kids and me, the people that were affected the most were my younger two kids. And they were, their lives were forever altered, honestly, because of this huge rift in our family and the accusation. But their family then started gossiping. So they're part of our community in Michigan, which like I said, this church is huge, right? So we had a huge community. Well, my two kids lost all their friends, believe it or not, because of this problem in our family, because of the things that were told them. Our two kids, literally, we would go home for things, and you know, typically, my daughter and my youngest son would say, I gotta call so and so, I gotta get with so and so, we'd hardly see them, because they had to go see all their friends. Now they don't see any, none. Because they lost all their friends, why? Because of that verse. Gossip separates close friends. Because you hear something about some, that person and you just you believe it. It's not even true. Their reputation has been ruined. But on the flip side, for some good news, Proverbs 26, 20, and 21 says, fire goes out without wood. And quarrels disappear when gossip stops. When gossip stops. Think of the power we have with our words to stop destruction, to do some good. Don't you want to do that? And if you don't think your words are that damaging, and I do think we tend to minimize things, Oh, it's not that bad. I'm just telling you this one thing. 
Go ask the person you're talking about what they think about what you're sharing. If the person wouldn't want you to be saying it, you probably shouldn't be saying it. And we have power to do good. You know what I think we gotta do? We gotta think of one another, and we've heard this so many times, and it's so easy to say, and it's so hard to do, but as a child of God first, when you go to say something about someone, and it's so easy, man, it just spills out. If, if you could just like hold your words and think first, this is a child of God first. I need to see them as a child of God. They're created in his image too. And if they are doing something they shouldn't be doing, maybe it's something really bad, can we trust that the Holy Spirit will speak to them, that God himself will enter into their life and teach them and talk to them about that thing and can we let it go? Instead of dragging their name through the mud, which does not help at all, it only hurts, maybe ruins them. We can use our tongue as instruments of righteousness, and that may sound like a holy phrase, but we can use our tongues for good, our words for good. It's so, you know, God is so beautiful. You know why? Because he's love, he's forgiveness, he's tenderness, he's peaceable, he's welcoming, and gossip is so ugly. I mean, it's just, when you begin to open your big mouth and spew forth crap, it's so ugly, and it smells. And God is a beautiful fragrance, and we too can be a beautiful fragrance, and we can look beautiful and be attractive to people. And gossip is certainly not attractive. In conclusion, Psalm 1943. 14, 1914 says this, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May the words of my mouth honor you, honor others. And you know what? Maybe you're listening to this message this morning and, and you're, you're moved by it. Your heart is stirred and you're thinking, I, I wanna stop this, or I don't wanna gossip, I, I don't wanna do this. And that is so great, and I commend you for it, but you know what? It'll last about a week, or a month, maybe months, because that's how long good intentions last. You know how you do this? You know how we do this? By abiding in Jesus, by walking in the Spirit. You connect with him every day. You get with him, you confess your sin, you talk to him, you listen, you, the spirit begins to fill you and your flesh is put to death and you walk out of your house in the spirit. And that word about that person isn't just gonna fly out of your mouth so easily because you're in the spirit. Jesus didn't tell us how to do these things and then just leave us to do it by ourselves. He gave us the Holy Spirit to do it. You can, if it helps, you can say to your environment, whether it's your family or place of work or whatever, maybe it's here at the shelter, I don't want to participate in gossip. You know, you can declare that. 
or if somebody comes up to you and starts gossiping, or two people, you just kind of walk away. You, can, you don't have to be judgy about it or preachy about it. You can say it in love. You can make those statements, and that's great to um, you know, confirm or affirm in your mind, I am not going to do this, but you need the power of the Holy Spirit to really be able to do it. He will do it. And we can use our tongues as instruments for doing right. Amen? Amen. All right, Jesus, we offer up our tongues to you, our words to you this morning, and our hearts to you. And um, I do pray that our hearts would be right, God, because the mouth, the heart flows out of the mouth, God. It's it comes up and out of us. So I pray that our hearts would be right, that we would abide in you, that we would walk in the spirit, that we would look like you, act like you, smell like you, talk like you, Jesus. And when we go to gossip, quicken our tongue, God. Don't, don't let us do it. Convict our spirits. That we would see each other as a child of God, created in your image, that we would want to elevate and honor one another and ultimately you. So help us to do this in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.